this episode of Future Beta Leadership Podcast, Robin discusses his experience running EPA. Stay tuned. Thank you, everyone, for uh, coming to another episode of Future of Data Podcast. Today, with ha- today we have with us Robin Tatungal. Uh, Chief Data Scientist um, at EPA. Robin is the EPA's first data scientist, uh, uh, Chief Data Scientist focused on creating and implementing an agency-wide vision on analytics for effective decision-making. Prior to joining EPA, Robin was at Deloitte Consulting, where he focused on selling and delivering large-scale analytical projects for public sector and commercial clients. He also led global big data community of practice for big data uh, for Deloitte and developing analytical framework and go-to-market strategy for big data and analytic solutions. So Robin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, great. So I think when I was reading your, um, um, it's 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 mouthful. It's a lot of good keywords uh, squished together. So one thing when I was looking at, at, your, at, at your LinkedIn profile, when I was um, uh, trying to reach out, you have a fabulous public-private um, experience throughout your journey. And I think, I don't know if I've captured um, enough. So love to sort of have you discuss your journey through big data analytics and leading leading us to the, the current role of being the first chief data um, scientist at EPA. Oh, definitely, I would be happy to. And I think, first of all, thanks for having me on the podcast. And I hope that I can uh, share some of my life experiences for the upcoming leaders in uh, data science or data related uh, fields. So I think when I was thinking about how to, how do I approach this uh, this question, I think one thing that kind of came to my mind is, uh, growing up, um, I, I grew up in India and my dad is a clinical psychologist. So as a, as a kid, I was always around um, uh, my dad and I have been to his uh, hospital. I have seen how people, how he helps people. So when I was growing up, one of the things that I was very always fascinated by is how can I take what I have learned from my parents and uh, make it as a part of my professional life. So um, when I finished my engineering degree in computer science or computer engineering, um, I came back out of the computer engineering degree and I realized that there is a tremendous potential for bringing in engineering principles into solving some of the challenges that we have in uh, biomedical sciences or any kind of uh, health related fields. So that led me to uh, more uh, biomedical related uh, research activities. In fact, I did some research at National Institute of Health where I focused on bringing in some computational techniques onto designing next generation drugs or how can we think about how dif- the diseases propagate in a specific fashion in a network. So that, that as you can imagine, once I started working in these fields, that I started I started to deal with a large volume data set. If you look at genomics data set mm-hmm. or bioinformatics, you know that it's a tremendous volume of data is generated by these next generation uh, biomedical technologies. So that naturally f- took me from my uh, for the geeks out there, from a single server uh, programming world to more supercomputers and more large scale uh, volume analytical techniques. So that helped me to gain a footing into this, this new area of big data and analytics. And in 2006, uh, 
And I think I believe in 2006 when Google came up with the paper on the big data, paper on the Hadoop platform, I was there and I, I had an opportunity to start looking at what Hadoop means and how can we bring into this, into the biomedical world. And one of the, one of the exciting parts in my professional life, and I'm very grateful is, I had an opportunity to to join Deloitte, where I I had the ability to work uh, work on public sector consulting. So that is that led me to move to Washington D.C. and I I worked at Deloitte, and where I have looked at the concept of uh, big data and analytics and how we can use that to take our public sector uh, 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 clients at that point to. The, the next level. What can we do with big data, and how can we change the way we work at the um, the way we work, the way the U.S. government works? And now, in in two and a half years ago, or to almost two years ago, um, I I was I was asked to look into the possibility of joining EPA as it, as its first chief data scientist. And when I mm. when I heard about the opportunity, and when I read a bit more into this one, I realized that this will give me an opportunity to. To go into the 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 middle of uh, the middle of the fire and try to understand how can I become more effective in adopting or bringing in these technologies into an organization. So I think uh, the exciting part for me now on a day-to-day -day basis is I am part of an organization, specifically EPA, which has a lot of uh, uh, value in this 21st century and try to think about how can I look bring data as a core component of agency's mission and how can I bring in technologies that has made companies like Google and Facebook very successful and see how I can bring that into the agency to make the next wave of uh, innovation within EPA. Fascinating, I think, and thank you so much, by the way, for, for walking us through this exciting journey. So I think when I was reading um, you as being EPA's first chief data scientist, it has a lot of things going for it, right? So EPA, a government body, you being the first guy, first like chief data scientist. So what are some of the like what are some of the challenges that you face being being the first? And I think most of most of our um, uh, followers and most of our community members, they are they are probably the first uh, in leading this charge, and it's it's a very new phenomena and very. So what are some of the challenges that you faced? And if you can share some light, that will be beautiful. So I think you know if 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 I want to break it down to the challenges, right? Because you know um, there are a couple of dimensions that you have to look at this, right? One is the whole uh, the dimension of people and how the organization works. One, two is the concept uh, or look into the technology as another aspect of what is the what, at what if you look at the technology adoption curve and where does your organization lie in that adoption curve? So I can go a bit more detail into what each of these means from uh, mm. from my experience at EPA. So when I joined the organization, a couple of things that we were looking at was, okay, from a technology dimension, uh, what is the adoption of the agency with respect to some of these new technologies? How you know how much NoSQL databases became a mainstream uh, component within the agency's day-to-day -day activities, or are we are we leveraging new technologies like Hadoop, or are we leveraging new technologies like Spark to do some of our analytics on a faster and a more real-time basis? So what what that that what that resulted in was like we we uh, I started having conversation with my upper leadership and as well as the people who are working on this one to see hey mm. how can we bring these technologies into the organization and start showing the early values and early wins thereby getting more and more support for us so that one thing we did there was uh, we built a cloud 
computing solution that that helped us to get to some of these technologies on a faster time frame and then start identifying appropriate partners within the agency to to leverage that technology to solve some of their day-to-day mission related activities now on the people side i think this is where this is another another interesting dimension and i think the more i work in public sector i'm getting more and more drawn into this question of how do we get the organization moving from the uh, the old ways of doing things to new way of doing things right i think the one, the way i usually explain this to my uh, my staff or people around me is uh, over and over again we have seen this uh, we have seen this concept of diffusion curve the technology diffusion curve and what that is is um, one example that i think everybody can relate to is of all the people who are listening to this podcast now probably there is a few of them stood in line in 2006 to get the first iPhone right mm-hmm. those are the people who are considered as the early adopters and when we look at when i look at technology adoption in any kind of organization the same pattern happens there is some people in this organization or every organization who is willing to take the first step and say hey i don't know what this is exactly but i see that this will change the way my life is going to be and those are the people who stood in line to get the first iPhone so in that dimension what we have done is we have established a community of practice within EPA focusing on data science data analytics as well as data visualization and that community of practice helped us to identify people who are that early adopters who is willing to work with me and my team to create some solutions that will change the way the business is done before so that is the way in which we tackle that problem interesting interesting so i think one uh, so your uh, one of the statement about old ways to, uh, to new ways uh, phenomena i think i i was having a conversation with noa is one of the, one of their um, lead at at one point in, in in the past and he shared actually a very interesting perspective he said vishal you know there are two breed of scientist so one is the old breed very secretive very model oriented sort of very methodical in in their research and then the, there's a new breed uh, who actually are very social they believe in sharing collaboration and all that and and there's a there's a massive fix between creating a bridge between these two sort of uh, emerging or or a massive cultural sort of diaspora that that exist in in government bodies so what are some of some of your thoughts um, um in 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 the EPA context that what how are you addressing this or and are you seeing this and what's going on that uh, so if you can shed some light Oh definitely I think you know one of the things that I have I'm I'm seeing now is um so data science you know think this is the new wave or the new technology that we have coined right so data mm-hmm. science will change eventually to something else so if you look at if you peel the onion of what people call as data science fundamentally fundamentally it will trickle down to a couple of a couple of areas right one is if you want to think about a true data science practitioner i see that person should have a good understanding of mathematics and statistics at the same time he or she should have a good understanding of how to program these things like the computer programming aspect of things and on top of that that person should have the domain knowledge of mm-hmm. uh, uh, of the area that he you are focusing on and finally a good data scientist always has the ability to tell the story of what they are doing in a language that is easy for people to understand so what i'm what i'm trying to cultivate in the organization is rather than trying to bin people into different buckets the question is okay if you want to cultivate a culture within the organization to embrace the concept of data mm. what should i do right and this is where the concept of self service model becoming more and more prominent i think 
For example, one thing that we have done after I joined the organization was we created a visualization platform as a service for the agency. And in less than 12 months of deploying that service, we have seen more than close to 1,000 applications deployed on that platform as well as uh, close to 800 people uh, being a part of it. So the, the the difference in the approach that I'm trying to take here is can I provide the tools to the people in the organization and let them run with it, right? Rather than me dictating, okay, here is the tool and you have to use it this way. What I've been trying to do is, here is a platform that will enable you to do data visualization. Here is a mm-hmm. platform that will enable you to do uh, data analytics, right? And then we let them run with what whatever they want to do on the platform so that they can create the next generation of solutions and at the same time there are some part of the organization that is saying that okay I see the value of these tools and technologies but I am not sure how to use it so on that side what we have done is coming from my consulting background we are establishing a consulting model within the my team nice. who can work with other folks and say hey uh, so you see there is a value but you don't know how to use it let us help you through the first stages right so that's what we are doing in the consulting side of things. So I think that will help us to move forward because otherwise if you start defining, okay, I have one type of data scientist, another type of data scientist, then I will end up creating a dictionary of different types of data scientists. I don't want to do that, right? I mean, that's that's going, that's going I don't think that's going to be productive because you know people have different way of looking at this. Right. No, I think you touched upon a very um, uh, beautiful point. I think um, so. Uh, I'm I'm recalling one of one of my conversation with one of the one of the uh, big insurance companies in US, and and they were discussing about this idea of so uh, as soon as the big data keyword hit in, the HR was on the job to recruit the top talent. So just to check off the talent, but the the use cases wasn't prepared yet. The businesses are not prepared yet. Whatever. Right. So now these guys uh, are recruited and now they're trying to figure out um, what are some of the business use cases. And as you rightly pointed out, they started sort of becoming the advocate of data-driven culture. So they become that consulting or they start providing this consulting services to create the awareness of why they should exist um, in in the company when there's a, a big cultural sort of, I don't know what's going on uh, and, 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 and it's, it's a new keyword to me. I'm still a very gut-based decision-making organization, and now you're telling me that um, data probably could help me decide. So, what are some of some of your sort of um, um, I would say about your current role? How much of of your role is exposed to something like this, like exposed to uh, con- providing consulting and support to other sort of functions which are not really data savvy and sort of trying to create education? And how much of your role is really just getting the ball rolling on the data on the data center of excellence within within the EPA. So I think um, a couple, you know, my days uh, are very. Uh, uh, I don't think I can say that my two days are same, right? Because you know, one of the things that I'm doing is uh, uh, within the. So my role since being the first chief data scientist for US EPA and being the first in the US federal government to be a chief data scientist at the agency level, I have a responsibility to. Or I, I've been working with the, the previous uh, chief data scientist for US EPA, sorry, US White House, DJ Patel, to mm. think about how do we embrace this for the entire federal government, right? Mm. So a couple of things that we have been doing here was one is my role is trying to think about how would I use what I am learning at EPA to infuse into other organizations and how can they think about using data science as a nice. way to make the agency more data-driven, right? That is one. 
Another one is I constantly meet with the different parts of the organization at the management level and try to understand, hey, what are the constant problems that you have in your mind that you like to solve, right? You don't need to be data savvy, but you can tell me, Robin, you know, I am worried about this. I am worried about this mm -hmm. aspect of it. And then what we will do is we will start asking the question, okay, do you think that there is a scenario or a world where you think that you can use some kind of data to, to inform that uh, decision that you have to make on the problem that you are worried about. And then that conversation usually uh, goes down to a path where they say, okay, if I look at these two data and if I see these values, I can think that, okay, this is a scenario that I should be, uh, that I'm dealing with. So that is one way. And another aspect of my time is spent on working with my team and my staff to think about, okay, what would we do to build the appropriate capabilities within the organization, what kind of services that we have to build. So it's like, if I have to bin into those three buckets, that would be the three buckets. Interesting, interesting. And and thank you so much for sharing that. And I think one of the uh, recent conversations that, that we find ourselves into a lot nowadays is, uh, creating center of excellence with data uh, as a center of it, right? So creating those, now there are data lakes, now there are a lot of good practices already out there, there are Hadoop clusters, all, everything is pretty much out there. Now, what are some of the best practices you could extract from all this infrastructure and sort of all these capabilities that have been built for the last couple of years to generate insight? What, so what's, what's your take, um, like where are you guys on the maturity level when it comes to EPA and then what, like what are some of the, some of the key insights that you have captured from, from your, your experience in EPA? So I think um, one thing that I can, you know, um, so, I'm not sure what is the the uh, the mix of people who will be listening to the podcast. So let me let me give you a, a view into the first thing. First first challenge would be if you want to take the change the culture of an organization to become more data driven, we need to identify people who can be that people who can be the change agent, right? In a, in, the, in the public sector practice, one of the challenges that we usually see is the ability to recruit people on a faster time frame. So the question mm -hmm. is, how can we get people on board on a faster time frame so that we can put them as the change agents for these kind of new change, new new technologies or new waves? So one thing that we are doing is, instead of trying to do uh, the, the traditional commercial way of identifying people with appropriate skills and bringing them on board, what we're trying to look at is, okay, do we have enough people in this organization who has the necessary skills, but not the complete skills? And how do we uh, close the gap between where they should be and where they are now? So we are looking at training and other the training materials. We are using the community of practice as a way for people to start sharing their experience and their journey of how they become more uh, data-driven within EPA. So that is one way we are seeing this becoming more and more a part of the organization. On the on the technology side of things, what we are what we are looking at is okay. We to some extent as an organization, we I think I am convinced that cloud-based solutions will be much more appropriate mm -hmm. for us at this point to bring some of these capabilities in. So we have we are doing a couple of uh, pilot projects on different cloud platforms to identify. Uh, what are the what are the different technology stacks that we need to bring on board into the cloud to make it more effective? So I think those are the two things that I can think of that we are doing here on the maturity scale. It's uh, it fluctuates, right? Because you know uh, on on the on the federal government side, there are some things that we are fa adopting faster than some other agencies, but there are places where we are not in the front. So it's like a mixed bag of uh, of uh, uh, maturity curve, I would say. Interesting, interesting. And thank you so much for, for sharing that, by the way. 
So um, now let's talk about uh, three of the most visible challenges that that that, that you find um, working with a public entity, like working with with a government agency. So I know there it 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 has its full of full share of migrants for you. But what is like one of the one of the three top challenges that you see that um, uh, it would be awesome if 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 you would have known that and that would have helped. I mean, so if you look at the challenges that you see, uh, you know, the challenges that I face day to day or day to day basis in pushing these kind of uh, these kind of things moving forward, right? Uh, one is uh, definitely if you are thinking of uh, bringing and let's say if I take the scenario of a person who is who who is brought on board by the leadership to uh, become the change agent with respect to data science. Here are the few things that you should you should look at. Like one question would be. What is the buy-in of your leadership in making this change, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, so is the leadership fully on board with the idea of making data, using data as a driver for decision making? That is one thing that is very critical for uh, you as a person being successful in an organization. That is one. So fundamental leadership uh, buy-in into what you think uh, you need to do to make the agency or organization more data-driven. And another aspect from a public sector standpoint is um, how do we make sure that we can stay close to the mission that we are we are we are we are destined to do and make sure that there is enough ways to continue that path forward so in that, in that aspect the question becomes empowering the people within the organization to do the work and do the do the activities that they can they can they can they have to perform to to adhere to the mission of the organization and that is why i think the self-service model is very critical because on a day-to-day -day basis mm -hmm. i hear from people saying that we are glad that you have this kind of a platform as a service in the agency so that i don't have to worry about you know something not there right it's almost like you know think about the benefit of having a telephone on every 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 uh, a person in an organization now they can pick mm -hmm. up the phone and call somebody and say hey I have an issue can you help me similar to that I think the vision is to make sure that we can have tools and technology on the hands of the people who actually need to drive the mission so that is the second challenge and the way we are addressing it is building more uh, self-service models and the third one would be um, how do we so technology is one uh, people is another aspect mm -hmm. and the finally the question would be you know uh, public sector always has to steer itself to see okay where things are going what we are going to do how we are going to move the mission forward right mm. so staying on course with the mission and making sure that we can continue to support the mission that we are supposed to uh, to support that will be the another another challenge how do we how do we steer through the uh, the noise versus signal that you have to to continue interesting um, so let's let's talk about collaboration and and the the ability of platform to to actually um, and this I was discussing the same thing with, with this Noah guy a uh, couple of couple of years back now so I think the, the the discussion was that these agencies are extremely collaborative because of because there are there are vendors involved there are sort of scientists involved there are a lot of sort of and and the the platform that we need to build should be a, should be um, capable of like massive level of collaboration. I think and you touched briefly about uh, making it self serve, so actually people can just get a taste and sort of get delivered and whatever. So when you when you work on that system and you need to put something up together, like what are some of some of your um, I would say um, first three or four steps that 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 comes to your mind. When you actually come into a system which is which is sort of extremely extremely collaborative at the same point, sort of 
getting insights and 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 doing solving some of the hard, hardest problem in the world so what are some of the things that comes to your mind when you when you design or pretty much overlooks a system so i mean you know when i define self service the 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 way i usually tell this to the staff is you know the thought process is think about the uh, think about what happened when you go go log into google right mm-hmm. when you log into google you have a mail system email system already there you mm-hmm. have a calendar there you already have a drive for storing your files so the idea is for me or the vision that i have is creating a creating a platform where people can log in and have already specific paths they can take to make sure that okay if somebody logs into the system and say hey i want to do data visualization okay so this is the this is the path i have to take to get my to my my data visualization hmm. and somebody else will come in and say okay my, i am interested in doing more analytics on the data that i have so i'm going to do the analytics and then i'm going to visualize the data the outcome of the analytics that i have done in the other platform that i have right so the the question is always user centric right because you know mm-hmm. i can based on what i just talked to you now we can talk about 10 or different 20 different ways uh, to, to 20 different visualization platforms that we can pick based on you know our criteria and also i can give you 5 to 10 types of analytics notebook that i can pick based on what i think i want to have right but at the end of the day the question is if you are a user within this platform how what would be the journey for that person should look like so the the biggest uh, one of the the my one of my recommendation and one of the one of the tidbits that i will give to the listeners of the podcast would be always put the user first right and what are mm, the challenges the user has and how do you make sure that that is taken care of do not chase a technology because technology always will change mm. and this is coming from a core engineering graduate right so you know i love mm. technology but at the same time technology alone is not going to solve the problem there is an adoption that has to happen along with the technology to make it successful so the question always is put the customer first user centric design how do we do that and how do we make sure that whatever you are picking as a technology stack can be used by the people who wants to use it i think that's that's well said um, always put user first i think that's that's a, that's a very very stable and very um, clarifying line uh, for sure if someone is delving into this this kind of this kind of work So um I think so now let's talk about uh, your perspective also there are, I think three words that are emerging nowadays so chief data officer chief analytics officer chief data scientist and recently I came I came to know about chief data strategist which is actually beautiful but but yes so I'm 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 probably talking to this guy as well so what are what is what is your thought about about these keywords like what what do they mean to you and and like can you can you shed some light on that what's your perspective on these three titles so as to speak So so let's let's look back uh, let's step back a bit and think about this one for a second right in irrespective mm. of the title name that we are looking at mm. the question is or, or more than the question or the drive that i have seen in the industry these days is irrespective of if you are in public sector or financial sector or healthcare is people or organization are starting to understand the fact that data is also an asset for us and if we mm. use the data properly we can become more effective as an organization right now so if you look at the title for example chief data officer versus chief data scientist or chief um, analytics officer right as long as the person is fundamentally looking at the problem of how do we make the organization more data driven and how can 
can I make use of my data more effectively, mm. then, then that role is a much better role, much defined role. Now, uh, what we have to see, uh, this is something that we have to wait and see how it's going to play out, right? Because mm. in the long term, which role will become most prominent role? I mean, is it going to be chief data officer or is it going to be chief data scientist or is it, is it going to be chief analytics officer, right? So that's that's something that we have to see. But I think more and more I'm seeing CDS and CDOs in enterprises. Mm. So I think um, it will become a, um, a wait and see game to see if the CDO becomes uh, the CDO sticks or CDS sticks. Interesting, interesting. And I think so um, one area that, that actually when, when he was discussing about uh, sort of uh, about these three roles that comes to my mind. So in, in in a corporate world, you say, hey, culture is very important, right? Culture, like everything is, so a, a leader's job is to preserve a culture and then probably recruit technologies to sort of work around that culture. And and to a many point, to a sort of a, a many degrees, culture is the politics, or, or you, you, you can say that, right? So now we'd not, if we sketch yeah. the same line to, to say government agencies, that's pretty much politics, right? So, and, and the, at, at that level, the culture becomes whoever is running the show at that point, right? So now, now we're talking about an agency where uh, the technology ha all, all, also has to sort of you have to be at, 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 the, at the bleeding edge. At the same at the same point, um, the culture should be agile enough to sort of work around the current architecture of, of whatever is. So, what are some of some of your thinking on sort of on working through and designing a system for something like this? Uh, where sort of the culture is also moving pretty fast because in corporate world, the culture is not the problem. It's like for one one thirty years, IBM knows what they are doing. Like GE knows what they are doing. But in, but in case yeah, yeah, here, yeah. yeah. So if you can shed some light. So I think you know uh, again that is why I was saying that irrespective of what are the changes that mm. happens around us, right? There are there are some fundamental. Um, uh, fundamental rules that we have to follow, right? If you look at uh, going back to, you know, uh, going back to, uh, let's say, if you take the, what is the mission of EPA, right? EPA mm. is an organization that is set up to make sure that we can protect our environment and human health, right? That, that is a one line that should not or will not change irrespective of whatever happens around us, right? Mm. So what what i would uh, what i would say is in public sector the most important thing and again this is this is for the people who are come interested in coming to public mm. sector right mm. one of the dimensions that a data scientist or a data officer whatever the title you have with respect to data needs to understand is you need to understand the domain in which you are operating and when it comes to public sector and this is something that i know a lot of technologists are not excited to learn mm. but you need to understand the way in which each of these things comes to existence, right? So there are some rules, some regulation that we have to make sure that we will follow through. So in spite of whatever happens, right, those things needs to be executed. So I would start focusing on those core fundamentals and make sure that those core fundamentals get up to the next level of uh, technology adoption curve. So this is where I think the 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 signal to noise uh, ratio becomes very mm -hmm. important you need to understand what is a signal and what is a noise and we, you keep the signal and you move that forward and some of them is going to be noise that you can ignore that's what i would say i mean it's a very um, i know it's a very outside way of saying what i'm saying but you know yeah. that's 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 the way i would look at it no i think that's beautiful I, I, and again thank you so much for for sharing sharing your thoughts there so now let's let's talk about um so uh, some of some of your thinkings around 
the future analytics and data leaders like what are what do you see from from your lens the world is shift like what do you expect from the future leaders um, when it comes when they're coming from data and 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 and, and analytics uh, uh, point of view i think you shared a, a very good uh, sort of uh, common point is always put user first that's i think that's beautiful but what are some of some of your thinking that you expect the future leaders to deliver on or at least start working on so i think you know a couple of things that will happen is uh, that that i think still see will happen in the uh, next uh, maybe hopefully a half a decade would be is mm. the solidification of concept of somebody at the c suite mm. level who is in charge of the data right mm. so if you think about it historically uh, if you look at the history of the evolution of the corporate leadership the corporate leadership you will see that you know in the beginning there was ceo then they created somebody called a cfo who is focused on the finance right mm. and one of the later additions in the whole world of c suites is a cto the chief technology officer right, right. and uh, still we are trying to understand what a cto means in different organizations right so similar to that what will happen in the long term component is we will start refining the role of somebody who is in charge of data within the ccu that's why when you are asking me about what do you think about cds versus a cdo versus a cas right mm-hmm. the difference mm-hmm. is not the title it's going to be the the adoption of the uh adoption of the concept of somebody who is in the c suite who is going to be focused on data will become more and more solidified so that is one thing that i will see happening now on the data leader side of things i think one one advice i would give to folks is and coming from my experience so far is mm-hmm. uh being a true data leader for an organization requires knowledge in multiple dimensions right because you know now i am talking about the vision for this organization and right after this meeting i'm going into a meeting where i'm going to talk about how do we take a analytical model that that's been deployed in some aws infrastructure and start thinking about how do we move that model from that concept to a new technology platform with the new analytical ways of analyzing the data that they have been looking at so as you can see if you want to become a very effective data leader in the organization you should be able to wear multiple hats one is like can you share the vision can you talk about these things without bringing in too much technology jargons into the picture so that the senior level leadership understands the value of these things at the same time do you have enough skills to talk to a um scientists to say that okay i see that you are doing this model but you are using this single server model but you can distribute this so that you can get your analysis done in less than you know 2 hours so can you communicate that to a person who is a user right so i think the the advice to be start if you are getting if you are really interested in becoming one of the change agents with respect to data i would start putting myself through all these different dimensions if you have can you do you have enough computer background do you mm-hmm. have in, enough math and statistical background do you have enough uh, visualization uh, do you have enough uh, knowledge about data visualization how data visualization can used to tell stories and also can you l- remove yourself from all these three dimensions and tell a story to a 6 year old on the street and get that person excited about the, what you are talking about right so i think that would be my advice you need to start expanding your knowledge in all these different dimensions interesting i think and you raised a very very interesting point um, being able to communicate through a story and i think that's that's um, even even from our end i think we 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 hear a lot of uh, good leaders just sitting at the back benches because they can't just 
communicate their 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 doings in, into a business in a in a business value so i think uh, thank you for shedding light on that so now let's talk about one of the philosophical um, question that i throw pretty much uh, in all the conversation so uh, and and so data science right data science is primarily science right science is mathematical model it's predictable it's designable it's beautiful right and then so and then I, and then the other thing that typically uh, is is the art of doing business so if you look at the business yeah. business is run on two philosophy so one is the art of doing business and the science of doing business science enable hopefully yeah. the art right so now we are we are hearing this keyword a lot on data driven decision making and 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 uh, it's it's a it's a very powerful keyword and in fact many of my conversation i find myself into that way say hey vishal don't just come like don't let me decide just you just decide and do it and build something that can do whatever right but then my my sort of pitch to those guys is hey you know uh if you let science do the art then probably your business model could update with the next software upgrade right so it's 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 a very slippery slope in sort of retaining your competitive edge which probably is the art of the business or maybe art and science combined but but this data driven decision making is is putting a lot of people at confusion of hey maybe i need to be 100% data driven decision maker or whatever that the thing is so what are some of your thoughts um, on this on this philosophical debate of is it is it more art or is it more science that a data science of the future would have to deal with to sort of to get get better answers from from the, for the business so i mean uh, let me make sure that i'm understanding the question like the question is um how do you see the involvement of art in uh, the field of data science is that is that the fundamental question <coughs> yes so basically is data science more of an art or it's more of a science right so how how is data science making sure that the art is not not ruined right it's not ai's designed michelangelo it's not really a michelangelo so we're... yeah yeah so you know one of the pleasure i had coming to after coming to public sector was i had the ability to work with dj patel who was the mm. uh, chief data scientist at the white house for the previous administration right mm. and uh, he is one of the people who coined the term data science mm. right so we had this discussion and you know, i i had this conversation with dj on okay dj you know the data science how did this came to exist and what do you think about it mm. so one of the things that he has shared with me was um you know data science he coined the term data science at that point in time was because the challenges they had was they were looking for somebody who understands uh, mathematics and statistics but at the same time they should be good at computer computer science programming and they should be able mm -hmm. to understand the technology infrastructure on which you have to do all this work right so it's a very uh, it's a, it's a merger of different fields together and it was very difficult for the human resources department to start comprehending okay so you are saying mm -hmm. that I don't you're not looking for a computer programmer but you are also looking for a mathematics and statistics major right so that is the history behind how they came up with this this term of data science right mm -hmm. okay that is the way in which they realized that if you if you create this term data science and put the people who have these different skills into one bucket now we can start identifying people who has the skill and tell the human resource or the recruiting side of the world that okay this is what we are looking for and these people are called data scientists mm. right so that is a his little history behind how the terminology come to existence now 
if we are going into the question of the philosophy of the science and the uh, the art and the science mm-hmm. i think that is almost a question that we we have been addressing in every technology curve right because right. if you look at any 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 component the question that we have to ask is how much more how much so if the data is telling you to make a decision a and if you know that 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 decision a is not going to be the right thing how do you bring the concept of art into that that decision and say okay maybe a i can just reduce that a to a bit right so for for example mm-hmm. i think one thing that i start thinking about when when i was trying to responding to this question would be if you think about the buildings right mm-hmm. because from I, more and more we are seeing that people are trying or the the, the we are building buildings that are more lending itself to the nature right, right. so that that is one place that i'm seeing that where art is melding really well with the technology to say that okay technologically we have the best infrastructure possible but mm. the point is it's not just the infrastructure alone there is an artistic component of where it exists right, right. so if i want to take that is more uh, the, the that that example is more uh, realistic because it is physically you can think about it if you have just a concrete block in the middle of trees as a building versus a building that has enough glass and reflections that will lend itself to the to the to the background and that is more appealing to you right so that is what you are seeing in the in the world of construction or uh, civil engineering so i think the same thing will happen in data science the question becomes okay uh, shall we just think about just dry data science or shall we think about creating the right way of telling the story day using data science and i think you can see the the penetration into the market of this uh, concept of infographics right mm-hmm. people telling story using data visualization and analytics but just not numbers and graphs right there is a story behind it so i think that will become more and more prominent and i think in fact you are right we need to think about the art aspect of the of the data science and i think uh, uh, one of the things that we talk about and uh, one of my one of the things that i do is i am a part of the ieee Hmm. and we talk about the need for putting a in stem so a is arts oh, stem nice. is the science nice. technology engineering math right nice. right because you know we when we look at the high school education people will say we need to put the st- kids through the stem program yes you can t- take your kids and teach them the science technology engineering and mathematics but you hmm. also need to put a in that stem program which is the artistic side of those those all those four dimensions that i talked about so definitely data science also will require that kind of uh, thought process and uh, in fact education too beautiful i think that's that that's that's well said as team i think even even many we have heard about i have a 5 year old so uh, i think she is hearing about steam now more than stem so which is so yeah i think that's as as a new parent i'm i'm hearing that that keyword a lot so uh, well said so now, now let's talk about so now you're the first chief data scientist of epa um what are the first three candidates you would hire so if suppose you come to this role and you're going to sort of start building something from scratch so what are the three three sort of first hires that that you would hire and sort of what are some of their traits uh if you can share that will be of that 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 be of some help so i think you know um i think the the traits that i would look for people that i want if i have if i am if if i have to build a you know data science capability or analytics mm-hmm. capability with an enterprise would be the people who have the the people who would be willing to stay in the line in 2006 to buy the iphone because mm-hmm. those are the people who will follow me 
through the the challenges without saying okay you know i don't want to do this because i don't see this but the the the, the characteristic of the people who stood in line in 2006 would be people are like i don't exactly understand the complete value but i truly believe that this is going to transform the world right so mm-hmm. the, the how much of innovative and how much of a risk taker are you with respect to doing these kind of work that is one so in other words are you afraid of failure right you should mm. not be afraid of failure when you are when you are if you want to be a part of my team and when it comes to these kind of situations and another one would be the the ability to the ability to look at problems that is not completely defined at because when one thing i constantly see in the organization is people does not recognize or acknowledge the fact that i can solve a problem using data science because they did, they don't know that this is possible mm. so as a person do you have the ability to look at a problem that most people will look at and say okay this is too much noise i don't understand what is going on and say okay let me let me break it down and see if i can help the situation right so this is one of the ca- characteristics that is that makes good consultants so that is one important aspect that i like to look at my candidate and finally you know um, these are good characteristics from a personality standpoint from a professional standpoint of course i will be looking for people who has a uh, i think a balance of background between you know the mathematical skills as well as the programming skills and technology and also their ability to tell the story and tell the convey the information in a fashion that is understandable for different levels of uh, uh, people at different uh, different uh, levels of the management beautiful i think thank you so much so being a leader not afraid of failure being able to communicate better i think these are all good qualities to have um, uh, definitely and thank you so much for sharing that now i think we are at the tail end of of a conversation and i think um, i definitely want to hear um, your closing statement for our community and yeah what what they should be focusing on so any thought that comes to your mind for for that that will be really helpful so i mean you know if I, if i am picturing the the listeners and if the listeners are people who are either jumping into a role of becoming the change agent within an organization to for making the organization more data driven i think uh, uh, things that i would i think the most important thing that i would tell them is you need to start uh, listening more listen more and mm-hmm. also start learning the domain that you are put in right because in other words to not go into a conversation and talk about the fact that you can use deep mm-hmm. neural networks to to mine the pattern from the data that you have right rather than having that conversation you should be able to tell that look you know the problem you are having is you cannot understand what is going on in the data set and the 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 business failure that you are having because of that problem is so and so so why don't i think about helping you solving a problem using data science so your ability to communicate in the language that they understand is very important so if, if you are a upcoming data leader and if you have specific domain that you are interested in I highly encourage you to start thinking about learning the language of the domain that you are interested in and so that you can communicate to the leaders in that domain in a much more uh, effective fashion and also um, another one would be starting to think about how do you become a more of a better listener and start thinking about uh, listening more so that you can understand and grasp what the challenges that they have interesting uh, and with that 
thank you thank you so so much robin for being very candid and and walking us through your journey explaining what future leader should do discussing about about your 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 epa background your headaches and and some of the fun stuff that you're doing there uh and love to have you over sometime in future discuss your journey further and um thank you so so much for spending time with our community and sharing your thoughts Oh, definitely, and you know, thank you, Vishal, for inviting me over to the podcast. And I really hope that the listeners have some good uh, information from the conversation we had. And um, happy to, you know, happy to help anybody out there to become more, uh, making their enterprise more data driven. Thank you so much, sir. And again, uh, have a have a good day and and good connecting with you.